Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. New Zealand defeat Australia 30-0 to win the Pacific Cup. And we witness arguably the greatest ever performance by a New Zealand side, in my opinion. I think that, and this, I say this as respectfully as possible, but even when we've seen Kiwis win either World Cups or Tri-Nations or whatever it is, even when they've played 80 minutes and beaten you know, one of the best sides on paper in the Australian side, I've watched 80 minutes and I've said... They've still got more in them. There's a 10-minute period where they might have made an error or they've, you know, defensively there's been a lapse. This is the first time since I've been watching rugby league where New Zealand has played to as much of their potential as they possibly can. That has always been the knock on the Kiwis is look at the side on paper. They've got a gun side, but they've never fully put it together. And as I said, I would argue even in the games where they've done incredible feats and they've beaten... Some, you know, such a strong kangaroo side, there's still been moments where they've made errors or they haven't played to their potential. In my time watching rugby league, I believe that this was the first time that New Zealand played as good as they could possibly play on paper. And I think it's probably their greatest ever performance as a Kiwi side. Completely agree. I think it's their most dominant performance I have ever seen. As you said, Campy, they've won bigger moments, bigger competitions. Mm. It doesn't compare to this for me, as far as a, no. uh, like an individual performance. This a was domination. Yeah, this was the best of the best, and you know, I, I think like a week can be a long time in rugby league. It's only a week ago the Kangaroos decided, you know what, let's rest Tino, mm. let's rest Per Hayne Haas, let's yeah. rest Liam Martin, and yeah, you know, we spoke about it on the show last week that you know we sort of thought that you know I, I, I didn't think it would happen, but like, it doesn't surprise me in hindsight now looking back at Fish and the Otter going, okay, you're going to mm. rest those guys, sweet. Yeah. Let's go to New Zealand. Let's square it up. And they absolutely bullied them. Yeah. And I think that the difference between now and back in the day when we got beaten as Aussies, so let's say we got beaten and we've got Darren Lockyer, Thurston, Cam Smith. I think all of us, and maybe it's our Australian bias, went, yeah, we're still the better side though. Like, okay, we lost to whatever. We're still the better side. Honestly, after the weekend, 
I find it hard to say that we are still the better side. And I think that there's an argument to be made. Like, for example, remember when we weren't ranked the number one side in the, the, the world mm-hmm. and everyone was going, like, nudging each other going, yeah, okay, we'll see what happens. I think there's a genuine argument that this is the first time, or not an argument, but for me personally, this is the first time where I go, maybe we aren't the best side in the world. On paper and in, in, in practice. Obviously, I'd still back the boys if we played again to win. But right now, when I look on paper and I look across the board and then I compare it to the other, t- you know, the kangaroos, I go, they've matched us in all these areas. Whereas I think in the last 20 years before that, we always had the luxury of going, yeah, we got Cam Smith. We got Darren Lockyer. Mm. We got Thurston. We got Joey. We got Freddie. I look at it now and I go, we, we don't have that benefit anymore. We don't have that luxury anymore. And I think we may have taken it for granted during that period. What do you reckon, Timmy? Yeah, it's not often, Campy, that we say that you can watch a Kangaroos game and say that we'd been outclassed, mm. if ever. Outmuscled, yep, sometimes. Outwilled, very rarely, but occasionally it happens. But we were outclassed in this game, and not just outclassed, but emphatically outclassed by the Kiwis when they threw up. And you look at their forward pack, and we know how dominant it can be, but as you said, it's about putting it together. They absolutely, absolutely just wipes off the field. You look at the metres of Payne Hass was about 100. Tino Fasul Malawi was about 80. Pat Carrigan ran for about 30 metres. That is remarkable, those mm. stats. To not put a point on in this game, and then they had the polish on top yeah. of Jerome Hughes and Dylan Brown, who were outstanding. It was a real tough one to take as an Australian supporter, but I also love watching quality rugby league and what the Kiwis threw up was, was sensational. It was absolutely sensational. And, and a lot of, you know, there might be some Aussies out there going, oh, yeah, we were missing this player, that player. Hey, hang on a sec. The Kiwis were also missing players as well. Tohu Harris, Sean Johnson, uh, Cheese, uh, JMK. Like, so, they had about their six-choice hooker in there. Yeah. so like, It was a halfback. Yeah, Kieran Foran, who's, yeah. you know. So to sit here and say that we were missing, like, that's ridiculous. That's nonsense. That's absolutely nonsense. I, I genuinely believe it's the first time as since I've been watching rugby league, and granted, I don't have the history that a lot of other people have, where I look at the squads on paper and see how they've performed, and I go, are we better than them? Whereas, as I said earlier, we always had the luxury of going, but Cameron Smith's on another level. Yep. Thurston's on another level. Darren Lockyer's on another level. The thing that stands out for me... Sorry, mate. No, no. no the thing that stands out with me with this Kiwi side is for the first time in, honestly, maybe ever for me, I look through this Kiwis 1-17, to and if you said to me, what does the squad look like in three years, the only guy I'm confident wouldn't be there is Kieran Foran, yeah. simply because of the age he's at. Yeah. Everyone else, I think the next oldest would be Fish, and I think he's 27. Think, think about how incredible this is. The Kiwis... Did this without essentially the Dalian player of the year. Obviously, KP won it, but SJ was right there. So they went into the, – this is how much depth the Kiwis have. For, for a, a country for many years, around the halves was probably their, their weak-ish points. Mm-hmm. I know they've had Stacey and Benji, but weak-ish. They've got so much depth that they could have the Dalian player of the year, essentially. Not like – I say Dalian seven of the year. Not play. Then also – former Dalian hooker of the year in the cheese, not play. Then the, a top five hooker in form-wise, JMK, not play and still do this. It's unheard of. It's unheard of when it comes to the recent history of Kiwi sites. If you go and have a look at just the nine position alone, like if you've got people to rank you know, the best hookers in the world, it would probably go Ben Hunt and Grant, whichever order you want. Mm. Then you would probably have the three Kiwis they're missing. Yeah. 
Kieran Foran obviously wouldn't be on the list. <laughs> New Brown, respectfully to him, wasn't in the top three hookers at Newcastle this Mate, year. We were thinking Phoenix Crossland had Kiwi blood in him. He was going to play. And if he was available, he would have been my starting nine. Yeah, like, that's yeah. what I'm saying. Like We're talking like, about a guy that like literally only started playing hooker halfway through this year. Yeah, and like... Not to mention Jeremy Marshall King only started playing hooker two years ago as well. Like it's just, and you look at you know Cheese has got to come back in, Marshall King's got to come back in. Two guys again, they aren't old. They've got heaps of years left in the Kiwis jumper, and then next year, I don't know how it's all going to play out, but you got to fit Roger in this side somewhere. Yeah, mate, it is. It is truly uh, like I think we we may be about to enter. One of the best errors we've ever seen for the Kiwis. I really do believe that. The quote after the game, and as I just said, the thing that stands out for me is the age of all these guys and how many years they've got to come. And honestly, the words from Fish Harris were haunting after the game. For the Kiwis boys, this is our moment. This is our group. New Zealand stand up because this is our time. Oof. I love that. Let's talk about Fish Harris. I'm glad, glad they waited a year for it to be their time. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Lucky it wasn't last <laughs> Give year. Give us the World Cup and then you can have it for the next three years. <laughs> okay. I'm going to say it. And I'm just going to throw it out there. It's just a question, and I kind of feel that I agree with the question. Is Fisher-Harris the greatest ever Kiwi front rower to play the game? He's, he is starting to push it, without a doubt. Tell me another Kiwi front rower that has a better resume than Fish. Yeah, there are guys – he has the best resume. I mm. think that is completely fair. Uh, you've obviously got guys like, you know, Wiki. Ruben Wiki, mm. uh, Quinton Pongier, like a, a number of legends, but yeah. none of them have the resume that this guy has, and none of them have the resume – that he has, you know, like when their resume is retired. Benito, mm. mm. where's Fish on hole 10, 11? Well, long so, way to go. So he, so he's got three premierships in a row. Yep, four grand finals, a record margin win against the Australian side against the Kangaroos. He's played four games. He's won two of them, and on doesn't top, even have a losing record against the Kangaroos. And on top of all that, it was the first time he captained the the, the team as well. I think there's an argument to be made. Fisher Harris is already in the conversation as the greatest ever New Zealand front rower. I think there's an argument to be made. Do I know for sure that is the case? He's still got years and he's like, if he, if he goes on next year to struggle the year after that, obviously that would hamper his case. But I honestly believe outside looking in, if you had him as one of the top three front rowers to ever play in a Kiwi jersey, I think that's a reasonable, I think that's a reasonable take to have. And honestly, right now, he's probably at the very least, in the top three greatest ever front rowers for the New Zealand, for me personally. You know what I love about him too? You know, like I love watching guys like Payne Haas, Tino, that, you know, they do these unbelievable things we've never seen before. He's an old school front rower. Yeah. And he brings the old school into the new new way of playing the game. And he's more dominant than any of them. Like think, think about the people that he continually goes up against. Like we're talking about genetical freaks and generational talents. And he hasn't lost a battle yet. And then, and then the argument is, it always gets thrown at the Penrith players. Oh, yeah, they're in a good system. They're in a good system. Oh, yeah, they're he goes away for the Kiwis and then he does what he does. I just think that it's hard to argue against the fact that he isn't one of the greatest Kiwi front rowers mm-hmm. of all time. And it's also, it's hard to argue against the fact just one of the greatest front rowers, period. Yeah. Like, yeah. It's very hard to, you know, yes, you could go, oh, you know, Glenn Lazarus, Shane Webke, Petro Sivanasiva, these guys. But when you look at his resume, it's hard to argue against that resume. Now, I would still have probably Webke and Petra as my, you know, and Lazo as my top three. But I don't think it's unreasonable to have Fisher Harris beginning to get into that conversation of greatest front row all time. And yeah, he's in the most dominant NRL side I've ever seen in my entire life. I think that, you know, you know, like people say, oh yeah, but the Dragons won 11 in a row, not salary cap, 
Mm. Uh, unlimited tackles. Wasn't even rugby league. And based he, what we're used to. Like, he, he is in such a good spot right now, Fish, that, like... Uh, He's at three premierships, four grand finals. He's now the captain of this Kiwi side that, for me, looks like they could be about to go on a very special run. Mm. And you're right, mate. We don't have a Cam Smith, a Slater, a JT to save us. I, like, I, I'm hoping it's Nath, but yeah. am I confident? Am I, like, and, you know, the other thing with, with Nath, you know, he, all talk all year is that does it at Clubland, you know, does it do it at Origin, blah, blah, blah. I'm starting to wonder, does he <clears> – is it Fish? Yeah. Is it Fish and Liotta? Like, yeah. is, is that the difference? It's crazy. It's cr- fish and Liotta. Le- it is absolutely insane the impact that they have. Um, what do you reckon? Where, where, is that take reasonable to you, Timmy? As in, yeah, for sure. And I spent the last five minutes listening to you two chat, and just my mind ticking over, mm. ticking over as soon as you said it. And I said, resume-wise, very hard, hard to argue with. He just he's doing it all. And like Hammy mentioned, some odds there before of 126 bucks for Australia to be kept scoreless, 15 bucks for the Kiwis to win the game. I think it was. Imagine what odds you would have given to have Payne Hass at 100 metres, Tino at 90, and Pat Carrigan at 32 metres coming into this game. Yeah. Every single one of them was all probably in half, if not a third of what you'd expect just about from those three. Like, absolutely incredible. And, you know, his little sparring partner there, Moses Leota, so their record now to go the three on the trot and now to have the most emphatic victory by Kiwi side against Australia – Mate, it's hard to argue with. Well, I, I would argue Liotta and Fisher-Harris have already cemented themselves as one of the best front row pairings of all time. Mm. I, I believe that. Absolutely yep. they like, have. It's already done, regardless of what happens after this. Well, well the Penrith thing, they've got this dominant club side and you know to go the treble first time since obviously the early 80s was phenomenal. But now to go and do it, like they were hot favourites for a lot of that time. Mm. To now go and do it as enormous underdogs against the Kangaroos, that's like... We'll do it against anyone. Yeah. What else is there to say? Yeah. Like, what, what, well, what else do they have to do to prove? Because it's like not only because like people like to say, oh, the Penrith Panthers is a stack side. Leota and Fisher Harris have been at the start since they weren't a stack side. So this idea that they just got recruited in and you know they were already flying high. No, no, no. They were a strut side. They weren't even making the. Well, I think they were outside the finals and then just make the finals. Yeah. So they were never not this side. And also, in the huge games, the biggest games. So against Australia in the Pacific Cup final. In the grand final, who were two of the best blokes on the field? It was both Fisher Harris and uh, Leota. What do you reckon about the Kiwis? Yeah, well, Fisher Harris, I just reckon, um, you know, you were saying, Guru, he talked the talk in the week leading up. This is our time. Mm. Um, everything he's done is just like uh, made their, their hair stand up on the back of your arms. Like mm. that previous game, two or three jerseys he went through, getting cuts, getting hit in the face, all that sort of stuff. Mm. Scary, scary dude. Leading the hard cut, first hit up of the game, he bumped Cotter off, nearly threw him into the grandstand. Mm. Um, such a great like tone setter, and it's just got that team kind of in the palm of his hand now. So, next couple of years with um, him in charge, you know, you, make, you say he's making a case already to be the, the best front row. He's definitely got an opportunity to kind of firm that up and, and be that guy um, going on from here. Imagine the legacy <coughs> that he could leave for the Kiwis mm. if they go on a run. And you mentioned what else do him and, and Leo have to do. The only thing left to do is the World Cup for them. Mm. Even last year, I know ifs and buts, and it didn't happen, that they got done in the semi-final by the Kangaroos by two points. I know. I know they sort of had to get past Samoa in the final, but they were an inch from getting that World Cup as well, in which case the resume would be complete. They yeah. have, have, couldn't do any more. Yeah. It's, um, mate, what... It's just incredible. If you had a said Fisher-Harris will turn into this player five years ago, you would have been laughed out of the room. You would have said... 
hyper aggressive edge back rower. I'm not sure if he had moved into the middle yet, but hyper aggressive edge back rower that has some games where you go, wow, that's incredible, and then other games where it's like, yeah, okay. But the the bloke that he's turned into now, it's as I said, like you you cannot you cannot reasonably say that him and Leota aren't one of the best front row pairings to ever play the game, and you cannot reasonably say, in my opinion, that he's at not at the very least one of the greatest Kiwi front rowers of all time. But, and maybe it's my Aussie bias, not just saying he's one of the greatest front rowers of all time. Maybe it's my Aussie bias of seeing Webke and Petro mm. in origin that is making me not say that yet. But as a combo, I think they do deserve to be considered one of the greatest combos of all time. I really do. And, you know, it feels weird. Like, as a rugby league fan, I feel like it just feels wrong to be able to say, oh, you know, these guys are in the same category as seven receiver. Webke because you hold them just at this elite level but like it's not like it's a vibe the results are on paper yeah yeah the results are there like I I don't know like mate I I, I had a post last week about um just how he's I think he's one of the most intimidating guys we've seen Mm. he's moving up that list and like mate the amount of people like oh he's not intimidating like what do you who does he intimidate I'm just like who Fisher Harris fuck are you you have a TV like what what is going on here (laughs) who are the people that follow you it's wild Uh, it's are they like fucking special forces or some shit? Like, uh, <laughs> you followed by fifty thousand special forces people. They're like, yeah. yeah, I kill people for a living, so it's fucking not intimidating me. It's like uh, people are like, oh, geez, it's easy to be intimidating when you can't punch. I'm like, sorry, who remembers Webke and Seven Receiver for fighting? Oh my what are you God. fucking talking about? If anything, didn't Webke get fucking oost when he played the Warriors a couple of times? Yeah. So like, but bro, I, uh, I, I, I like I, I understand where people come from as far as you know they. And people get so worried, even when we're talking about Nath Cleary and we put him in the same sentence as Joey, people just mm. lose their minds. But I've said it a number of times before, like at, when Webke and Seven Receiver were starting to come through and people were starting to talk them up and comparing them to the previous front rows, people would have got upset as well. Yeah, yeah. The game advances, it moves forward. I, like, it's crazy that we're even this hesitant to say it. They've won three comps in a row and they were a part of the greatest grand final comeback. Like, so Cogger comes on which we all agree it changed the game. Cleary, greatest 20 minutes, you know, as we've seen in a grand final. Guess who else came on with the last fucking yeah. 25, 30 minutes to go? Yep. Leota and Fisher-Harris. Guess where, when uh, Broncos scored all their tries? When they were off the field mostly. mostly. Yeah, I'm pretty sure it was every point. Yeah. I don't think they conceded a point on the field. So it's two. like, what else do these guys have to do? Mm. Yeah. And the reason why Brisbane's ass fell out the back at the end was because of what they did in the first 20. Yeah. When it was tight once again. I mean, are we forgetting Leota's first run at Paddy in the grand final? Like, granted, he's a bigger body than Paddy, but it's still a big play. Yeah. It's still a big play. And then on top of that, you know, you know, we always say, oh, they won three in a row. Like, I think you also need to consider what that does to your body. Oh, in the front row. Like, you, you, if you... If you get up James Shaharis's, um his career so far, he's had one season where he's played less than 23 games of football. That's playing in the front row. And like over the last, you know, in 2020, he played 23 games. 2021, 24. 2022, 23. 2023, he played 23 games. So that's, he is the front row forward that when every single front row forward comes up against him, they go, this is my chance to yeah. show what I can do. This is my chance to add some extra money to my contract. This is my chance to elevate myself to a rep forward. And he just stands and delivers. Yeah. And, and what's crazy is he talks crap, talks shit after it. He's still talking shit on social media. And it's like, do something about do it. Do something. Yep. Like, he's almost begging someone to do something about it. Which I, is- I love Kempi that he has been trolling every post on Instagram for the last 48 hours. Got anything to do with the kangaroos. Not big, just one word. Yeah. 
It's like, you know, like as a Kiwi, you're sitting there going, that's our guy. That's our guy. Like that's folklore. So like in 20 years time, if they go on this run now, they'll be talking about Fisher Harris in comment sections, leaving comments like hectic after like yeah. there's a post about a record win over Australia. Like that's, that's the old school trolling in like a new generation that we used to love. Like those interviews where we see someone go completely off the rails back in the day, we were like, how fucking good old school, he's talking shit. Like Fisher's doing that shit. And once again, you go back to the 2020 grand final, James Tamer was the starting front rower and the captain of the Panthers, he leaves. Like, do you remember James Fisher Harris saying shit after he lost a grand final? No. He just went, no, nope, I'm going to fucking deal with it. I'm going to come back bigger and better. Mate, I tell you what, I'm, I'm filthy that we lost and it's the way we lost that makes me filthy. But this next time they play each other, yeah, it's going to be hectic. Yeah. It is yeah. going to be absolutely hectic because you've got two young bucks in Tino and Haas who are, are definitely further progressed in their careers than Fish was when he was 23, sitting there going, okay, all right, like you got that one. I mean, well, you got a few of them because you won three grand finals. But as they get a bit older and they get they fill their bodies out a bit more, that clash over the next five years is going to be special. Payne Haas coming off, grand final defeat, heartbreak. Lost in the final at the weekend, round one next year. Look out. Oh, mate. Not that that bloke needs much more motivation to run yeah. for 200 metres a game, but... I mean, if you, if you needed a recipe to make someone the greatest of all time, it would be Hass's early career where he's doing everything he can, but he just can't get the results because he's got this team and this, this front, row, front row pairing that just seem to know how to get to him. That's the recipe for building character over the next 10 years. And, you know, you look at that Panthers side, you know, that's what they faced in 2020. Yeah. They had yeah, to they adapt off the back of it, yeah. yeah. Mate, it's uh, yeah. an incredible performance by the Kiwis. Um, we'll stick with the Kiwis and then we'll talk about Australia. Another bloke we have to talk about. Look, to be honest, we could speak about every single person in this Kiwi side. It was genuinely the most complete performance I've ever seen by a Kiwi side. But let's talk about, and this is going to hurt to talk about Timmy, Charles Nickel-Klukstad. Mm. Think about this kid's journey. So he goes from New Zealand to Canberra. Initially, when he moved over, I'm pretty sure he moved away from his family and kids. Uh, I'm not sure if he had kids then, but anyway, away from his family. He may have had kids then, just at a crack. It, was, I, it may have even been a training trial, a trial and train kind of deal. It wasn't a big deal. It was basically like, go over there. He played wing for the Warriors, so I don't even know if he was a full-out fullback yet. You could probably – do you remember his, when he initially came over to the club? Yeah, he'd had a handful of starts for the Warriors and pretty sure he was playing on the wing. Yeah, he was on the wing and they weren't overly impressive. Either. Yeah, so he goes to the Raiders, works his ass off, becomes one of the most loved players at the club. They get to a grand final. He plays incredible in the grand final, cramps up, last 10 minutes gets taken off. Had next to no ball playing ability from what I'd seen yeah. coming into that contract as well. And yeah. there was chat of he's to come in as a wing, as a fullback, you know, question marks. Yeah, and then... Makes the grand final, grand final heartbreak, and then the next couple of years it's just slowly falls out of favour. Gets to a point where basically, um, you know, the Raiders basically said, "Look, we want to go in a different direction." From the outside looking in, that's that's what it looked like happened. Um, he was he was playing uh, New South Wales Cup. By the end of it, you know, we all remember the pictures of him basically nearly in, well, in tears. Mm. His last game for the Canberra. That's how much it meant to him. Goes back to New Zealand, and we were all sitting here going. I think he might be more of a centre. I, I think Metcalf might play fullback. We, we weren't even sure if he'd be in the starting 17 at a Warriors side that came 14th or something. So this is where this guy was at in his career. He was at, at, at basically a point where he was a fringe first grader that may get a crack again. Now, to be, fa to be fair, I think all of us were like, I don't understand why the Raiders are letting this guy go. Yeah. Like, I, I think he should be the starting fullback. But anyway, 
goes to the Warriors, has the year he has. Then he gets man of the match in a record win over an Australian side. Think about the journey from dropped from first grade, fringy, essentially let go from a club not wanted, to maybe making a Warriors side that finished 14th, all the way to a man of the match performance in the record win over Australia. To top it all off, he did it with a broken rib. He did it with a broken rib. He's played two games against Australia with a broken rib. You know, Timmy just mentioned that when he arrived at the Raiders, he had next to no ball playing. Mate, I remember walking away from the 2019 grand final going, fuck, that fullback is a goer. Mm. But I don't think he's a fullback. Yeah. I just don't think he's got the, the ball playing ability. And, you know, even you know when, when Roger Tulvasashek, when he signed with the Warriors to come back, and my initial reaction was, okay, he has to be the fullback. Mm. Chance just doesn't, you know, like he's, he's, he's a goer and he provides so much, but you can probably get a lot of that out of centre or wing. Then over the last six months, mate, I, it's like his ball playing has just exploded. I know. It's crazy, eh? It, it, it's, it's so impressive. And, like, I think as well he's, he's yeah. one of the most undervalued parts of that Warriors team that – just his timing and his awareness, mm. like the, the way that they, they they use that that attack down the right hand side this year for the Warriors, that slingshot sort of formation. He was never out of position. He yeah. never mistimed his run. He he didn't put a foot wrong. Mm. And he's done the exact same thing on the biggest stage like that. Like he ran for two hundred and seventy seven meters. He was on a hundred after twenty minutes. <laughs> Mate, he had a hundred and one post contact meters. He was on forty five post contact after twenty minutes. He came out and just went, he exploded. I, I, I think I posted a text in our chat going, my God, Chance is getting through so much work here. He just didn't stop for the entire game. You know, it's funny. I was, I was honestly going to text you back and go, he, he'll probably cramp by the 60th, 70th minute. He's going too hard. Yeah. Um, and like I, you have a look at 277 run meters, 101 post contact. Didn't have a line break. Yeah. Yep. Like he, he's not collecting easy post contacts. 30 runs. <sighs> Yeah, you mentioned can be like, you know, must hurt as a Raiders fan and obviously what he's done at the Warriors and now New Zealand in the last 12 months. It doesn't hurt at all because he's such a beautiful human being, Charles. Mm. Like, hands down, you talk to anyone who's played with him, coached him, whatever, they'll say that one of the nicest blokes in the NRL and just so happy for him mm. for that reason. And Guru, you pretty well nailed everything that I was going to say about him. And, and I had my notes down from the game and I was going to talk about his ball playing, his, his development, especially in the last 12 months. And the key word there was timing. Yeah. He just times his run so well. And I don't know who has been responsible for that, whether it's Webster. I wonder if Sean Johnson has had a big part of that on his inside. If he sort of taught him a few things here and there over the past 12 months. But, you know, he's a great example that for... For fullbacks coming through that are notoriously better ball running fullbacks, they're trying to develop their ball playing. You don't have to be Walsh or Ponger and be these freak ball players. Mm. You can develop to a level where even if it doesn't come naturally to you, you can get away with it. And he's just won a final, test final, 30 nil against the Australians. So credit to him. Love the boat. And there's been so many examples of fullbacks like that. Like mm. I remember um, Lachlan Coote when he debuted mm. Penrith, he was very similar. Ball playing was a bit iffy. Just worked away on it at the Cowboys. Ended up being a premiership when there was an incredible part of that side. And I, I think there's, you know, we'll talk about it soon, but, like, I watched what Chance has done over the last 18 months, how his ball playing has developed. Well, once again, we'll talk about it soon, but, like, James Tedesco probably needs to go down that avenue. Oh, for sure. I remember when, when Val Holmes was at the Sharks and went from wing to fullback, and I was very sceptical, thinking, he's so good on the wing, I don't think he's got the ball playing game. And he didn't, but holy moly, he developed it 
developed his ball playing that year so quickly in such a short space of time. I love Val Holmes at fullback, yeah. but he's so versatile that he's you know, made a home at yeah. centre for them. But, you know, it's not, it can be done. Yeah. Oh, it's funny because even Billy Slater, he came into grade with not good ball playing. He was a ball runner. He was, back, he was a winger, mm. like centre winger. Uh, and he worked his ass off and then obviously became the player we all know like essentially the greatest fullback of all time. What do you think of who, who stood out for you, Hammy? Well, I was going to say as well as Charge, his other two mates in the bomb disposal squad at the back there, Asako and Mulatalo. <laughs> for me, I thought they were unreal, and particular probably particularly Mulatalo. No he was one could, so good. No one could tackle him. Yeah, he was popping up everywhere, and uh, man, just that uh, it, that big hit as well um, oh. on stacks. Like holy heck, is like <laughs> just about um, just about ended him. Um, a bit of a Bit of a peek into the future of things to come when I take you on in the, in the cage there, Tim. Oh, so we're in the cage now, are we? We're not well, in the you, ring. You demanded it earlier, so. <laughs> yeah. You're about to head off to your uh, your training camp in America straight after the show today, so. Yeah, I am. Yeah. I've got, uh, well, now that we're in the cage, I've got Joe, Joe Rogan, Dana White, all under my wing on the, on the team, <laughs> so I'm going to come back. I'll just ground and pound you, mate. <laughs> but those, two, yeah, I thought both the wingers were unbelievable and have both had great series, but that first 30 minutes in particular from Mulatalo, like, I can't remember seeing a a better display from a winger probably all year um, and definitely not in a rep game for, for a long, long time. Like, those two guys were out of this world as well. Yeah, I'll, um, we'll get to Mulatalo and uh, Asako, but I want to talk about a guy that the most unsung hero for the Kiwis in this tournament is Tarpanen. Yep. It's Tarpanen. He was unstoppable. <sighs> like, seriously unstoppable because every time he got the ball, his he's, uh, run selection... He's, when he did decide to offload, it was perfect timing. His defence is outstanding. Like, again, it, because he's down in Canberra, he doesn't get the raps he deserves. But he is in the same tier as all the other boys you talk about. Your Adam Fanula Blake, your Payne Hasses, your Fisher Harris. He is in that elite tier of front rowers. And he just proved it once again uh, for the Kiwis at 13. I thought he was absolutely outstanding. In this game, he, he had 87 post-contact metres. Mm. Tina had 90 metres. <laughs> Tino Like another just genetic freak And I just think Tarpanay And you're right mate And I'm sure Timmy will chime in very loudly But because he's from Canberra He sort of He just gets forgotten sometimes yeah. Even in this side Even I did it looking at this side Like I, I always just focus on the two starting front rowers And you know We constantly talk about You know ball playing 13s Blah 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 Mate rugby league If, you're, if you can be power forward and dominant mm. You can get by. Yeah, absolutely you can get by. And the thing with Tarpanet, he's been doing this for about two and a half, three years now. Like, very rarely over the last two to three years do you look at a game and Tarpanet isn't one of the best forwards on the, on the field. And he was probably the best forward on the field in the record win against Australia. Well, like, there, there's an argument. You know, I remember a couple of years ago when there was all the conversations about the weird way that Ricky uses him and his minutes and there was the social media stuff and all that. Since then, like, he's been a top three most consistent forward, I reckon. He's been so consistent. Like, you barely see a game where he hasn't, as I said, been literally one of the best players on the field. And yet, it just doesn't get spoken about that much. But, Timmy, you can speak more about the great Tarpanen. Yeah, I was just going to say, I'm looking at average play the ball speeds from the game. And they're what the only Australian player for an average play the ball speed under three seconds was Pat Carrigan, had 2.89. Essentially, every other forward was 3.2 and above not even close. From the Kiwis, five of their six starting forwards were all under three seconds, oh, which please. is very, very quick. 
Papa Lee, he was 3.31, but you look at like Joey Tarpany was 2.91, Leota 2.43. That is lightning. Your boy, Griffin Neem, 2.21. Boy. I didn't realise they tackled him. <laughs> yeah. Um, Taps, you mentioned just his run selection, Kempi, and you see him, he sums up the opposition when he runs very quickly. Catches it at speed, going to the line. I don't know what he's looking at, mm. but you see him do a little bit of a scamper in one direction or another, whether it's in behind the right, but he just manages to find the space every time, whether he's finding a, a Harry Grant or the smallest bloke in the pack or the space, I don't know, but he just jinks around enough and his run selection and what he does is it's so, it's very unique. Yeah, the way it's super for a unique because you're never sitting there going, oh, bloody hell, just run it straight, mate. Like just, so because that's the, the danger of a guy like Tarpanet it's a gift and a curse where if you've got good footwork and you're that big, you have a, a curse of you use it all the time. Mm. Like every single time you're stepping across, 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 across. And at some point as a fan or even as a player, like, mate, just get forward mm. and we'll, we'll go again. But he selects it. Every single time he needs to do that, he'll do it. Every single time he just needs to run hard and straight, he does it. Yet I would love to sit down and ask him, like, what, why do you – like, when do you choose what's – the, what's the catalyst for the run choice? Because mm. as you said – it's not premeditated. He just can feel it and see it as it's kind of all yeah, unfolding. Yeah. What's going through your head when you catch that ball and you're looking up at the, the opposition coming at you? What, what are you looking for? Yeah, because and he nails it. Every yeah. time you're like, oh, he found the weak point again in the defensive line. Oh, he found the weak point against the defensive line. Whereas you see other forwards that they try to do that and they get dominated. Like they get held up, wrestled back, put on their back. And you're like, mate, that's because you kept skipping across the field. Uh, but I thought Tarpany was outstanding. I thought he was outstanding last week as well. Uh, but uh, adding ninety-seven percent tackle efficiency as well, mate. He is genuinely like the most. He's got oh. so many weapons to his arsenal. It's crazy. Like he can do pretty much it all. The, everything you'd want from a front rower, he can do it. Yeah. Timmy mentioned there the uh, play the ball speeds, and you know, to be honest with you, that didn't shock me simply because the Kiwis' line speed was unbelievable. We, we don't have a stat to represent that, but I reckon if you did, it would be a landslide to mm. the Kiwis. We, we, we don't have a stat to represent that. We have a stat to reflect. I, I love this one. I've mentioned a few times through the finals, and Harry Grant's always a great example of it, but just the dominance of a forward pack. And you look at run metres, the Kiwis ran for about 800 metres more than Australia. Phenomenal. 300 metres more post-contact. But the best one was two of the best running hookers in the game in Hunt and, well, far more Harry Grant, they ran for a combined 12 metres. Harry Grant ran for three metres. Off two runs. Off two runs. And that, I mean, that's good coaching as well, identifying what oh. he did last week and just tore him apart. And guess who leads that? It is your front rowers in the middle that go line speed, line speed, line speed. It's just... And guess who does that at Clubland? Penrith. They just get crazy line speed all the time. Uh, another bloke, we kind of already alluded to him, but Mulatalo played... Unbelievable. Mm. If you watch just that game, mm. you're sitting there going, he's the best ring of the comp. He had spiders on him, the bloke. Yeah. And, and he's just, he's so deceptive because he looks like kind of tall and skinny. So you kind of go, oh, okay, he's not going to have that much strength in contact. Doesn't look that fast. I mean, he's literally been clocked as the fastest winger in the comp this year. Would you ever, if you had all the wingers in the NRL, would have you picked him as the fastest speed? No. And yet he, he, that's, he's so deceptive. He's so deceptive. When he, uh, when he came down for one of your bloke photo shoots, the first time I've ever seen him up close, and he is just limbs. Yeah, he limbs. is so long everywhere. Like he's almost, he almost looks like, 
like he's an awkward mover. Mm. Just see, I, I when I saw him in real life, I couldn't believe the size of him. And you know, I love that he put that big shot on Val. Then he got stuck into Val. And you know, I say people in the comments, like, he's a dickhead. But I've said it a number of times. The three minutes I spent with him, I'm not sure if I've ever met oh, a more polite bloke. He's the nicest bloke ever. Does so much charity work off the field, like legend, legend. Like, yeah, and then you know, but you put that big shot on. You're going up against the, key, the the kangaroos who are always considered better than you, no matter what you do. He just goes fuck you. Also, like, oh, it's, it's Australia versus New Zealand. Yeah, it should be like. Don't this. we want like everyone complains about? Oh, they're all mates. They all shake hands and that. Let's get some fireworks in there, baby. Mm. Let's do it. Yeah, uh, like that's what these these matches are supposed to be about. It's representing your country. Um, yeah, I thought Mulata was outstanding. Asako, like greatest turnaround ever in the history of rugby league. <laughs> yeah. Yep. Can I give you some numbers on Osaka? Yeah. This is unbelievable. So Osaka, this is his eighth year of NRL, right? In his first seven years, he played 88 games. He scored 27 tries. In 2023, he played 27 games and scored 28 tries. <laughs> Holy shit. He was in a team that was in their first year of existence. They were a bottom five team, and then he was playing for the Kiwis against the Kangaroos. Mate, that is wild stuff. It's insane. You, 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 if you go through his last eight games, the Dolphins won one. He scored nine tries. It, it honestly he is scored up a hat trick against Newcastle and lost. It, it is honestly up there as one of the greatest turnarounds mm. in rugby league history. Easily, and I, you know, is he playing out of position, mate? He is <laughs> under just, Wayne Bennett. He it, might be. He might I don't be. know. He seriously might be because like he like he couldn't get a club pretty much. Like there weren't clubs out there going, yeah, we'll get him as a even as on a minimum. Now he's come out and, again, been a big part of a record win over Australia, but also wins Dallium Winger of the Year. I would love to know how many Dallium Wingers of the Year have had five different centres inside them throughout that season. <laughs> it's actually Branko, Tafade, Jennings, Ewan Aitken, um, and I think Hamiso was there for a period of time too. Not to mention his halfback on that edge was an NRL debutant, Isaiah Katoa. Yeah. yeah, and they had a bunch of different halves as well and nines. Yep. It is, yeah. It is one of the great fullbacks. <laughs> I and think it, I think Colin Best had a few different centers in 07. <laughs> when, he did, when he did it for the Raiders, <laughs> might have been six combinations actually. Uh, <laughs> and also, he, he's had to overcome personal battles as well. Obviously, yep. his, his private, uh, well, his personal. Um, his father obviously per- passed away a couple of years ago. Like, it's an incredible story, Jermaine Saka. Incredible story. Not to mention, I think he's my favorite goal kicker to watch in the NRL. Oh my god, Holy so moly. silky. Yeah. He, he makes yeah. it. He makes it look so easy and effortless. How well does he time a football? Oh, mate. he just touches it and it goes fifty meters. And just his his um, ability to oh. measure the the in swing, like yeah, mate. He's uh, oh, oh, it's crazy to think he's still in like 26, 27 years old. Mm. Like he's got plenty of time left in him to to I guess fulfill his potential as a player. But it is one of the great turnarounds in rugby league. Um, yeah, I mean Tim Walker, great Manu. Great. There wasn't really anyone that played poorly. I do think Timoko has really announced himself on the stage. I think people are going, oh, shit. This little nuggety bloke is actually bloody good at rugby league. Um, again, he's got the Raiders curse. He's down there. But he's been playing really well for the Raiders for a while. But now you go, before it was kind of like, I don't think anyone would sit here and go, oh, he's in the top tier of centres. And I do believe he's still got to play a bit more footy to get in that top tier. But I think this is the first time where you sit there and go, he definitely can be in the top tier if he wants to be. We could be witnessing the birth of that next generation centre. And I think people need to keep in mind, yeah, he's only played NRL at right centre. 
He's playing left centre in this. Mm. Wild. It's really, really exciting for, for the Raiders and uh, for him personally. So how old is he? Like 22, 23? Yeah, something like that. Not, not, not old. Not old. And he, he's been really, really good. Um, but let's talk about the halves. Last week we had an issue with the halves basically not taking the game by the scruff of the neck when needed. Hughes and Brown were absolutely electric. Uh, to be honest, we, as we've all spoken about, we've been out-muscled. You know, we've had games where we've just lost as Australia. But I don't think I've ever watched a game where I've gone, if you took the names away, those New Zealand halves are substantially better than our halves. Now, obviously we all agree that the career-wise DCE and Munster mm. are better. But as I said, if you took the names away... And you said, who's the classy halves that play Origin, that are in grand finals, that do all this kind of stuff? You would say it was the Kiwi halves. Brown and Hughes were absolutely electric. The stats probably lean towards Hughes, you know, potentially. But, my God, I thought Dylan Brown was just unbelievable. He is <laughs> – the, the ceiling he has got – is just wild. It's whatever he wants. It's literally whatever he wants in whatever position he wants to play. Yeah. Like, he could be a world-class fullback, winger, centre, maybe even 13. Like, he is a, an athlete through and through. But he's also – usually when you get an athlete, you don't get a footy player. But he's both. Yeah. He's both. So, if he's willing to work hard and, you know, keep his head on straight and, you know, learn from his mistakes, he'll literally be whatever he wants. And, you know, what from what we know of, you know, Magic Guire – how stoked would he have been to have a defender like Dill Brown at yeah. five eight? Oh, mate. That's it. And that's it. All we talk about when we talk about players and, and assess them is attack, attack, attack. Mm. He could be the best defensive half in the game. Yeah. yeah. I reckon I, I think reckon he is. Yeah. Definitely the best defensive half in the game. Like seven days ago, we were sitting here and we were, I think, probably fairly very critical of, of the halves and you're going, we know these two individuals have the talent you know, to win a final for them. Mm. But, gee, it felt a long way off and that was clunky. We were talking about it and... I mentioned that sort of would love seeing Torhu there just as a link man in the middle and how they're going to overcome this. Credit to Madge McGuire. His game plan worked perfectly. They had these makeshift number nines, well, makeshift in Kieran Foran, but New Brown, who was effective off the bench, but very simple game plan. Go out there, tackle, and just give good early service to your halves, and they'll sublime off the back of it. And it's, it's another great example of when we're critical of, of backline players in particular when their forward packets dominated well, when their fall pack dominates, it allows them to shine. And their mm. fall pack, again, chalk and cheese the last week, how dominant they were in this, this final. And off the back of it, the stars shined. Well, yeah. I'm not sure if it was a tactical decision, but what, you know, Brown and Hughes, you now maybe they have the potential to, but they can't play off slow play the balls. They are front foot footy players, really quick play <laughs> the balls, ball runners. Mm. They're ball running halves. And so I don't know whether Michael Maguire... It seemed, like when you look at the stats, it seems like Michael Maguire has made a game plan around that and said, boys, super quick play the balls. That's all we need to mm. focus on because that gave them the space to run the ball. And it's the same story for both of these guys at Clubland. Like I look at Jerome Hughes and go, fuck, he probably had one of his quieter years this year pack. in the NRL. The pack wasn't up to it. You look at Parramatta, you can, you can tell by the first three hit-ups of their front row forwards if they're going to win today or not. Yeah. Well, we'll put it this way. Both halves... Dylan Brown, 16 runs. Jerome Hughes, 19 runs. That's unheard of usually. I mean, that's that's the modern era of rugby league when it's a quick play the balls. But for a seven and a six to essentially have what, you know, 35, 35 runs, you don't see that often. You don't see that often. That That is a, a specific game plan tailored, you know, to what 
what they need. I'm just trying to look. But Jerome Hughes had five offloads. Yeah, as you said, Kempi, they, they are run first halves, like they're ball running halves, but their ball playing was sublime. Yes, Some absolutely. of those passes and the awareness, when you're shooting up and just lofting at the last second, God, their ball playing was good. That touch that Dill Brown had when Katoni shot on him. Mm. Yeah. It's one of the touches of the year. So For good. him to sum that up in an instant like that. Will Hopawati-esque. The great Hopawati who retired from... Yes. What a career. What, oh, what a yeah. career. Very underrated, Will. Remember when yeah. he first came on the scene, he was bloody he unbelievable. Yeah. Uh, yeah, Dill Brown and Jerome Hughes. And I tell you what, like, get excited, Kiwi fans, because these blokes can be here <laughs> for the next five years. Isn't it crazy that Sean Johnson can miss a Dallium by a fucking bee's dick? And we're talking about the other Kiwi halves. Like, how they're, like it's unbelievable. Again, it's funny, the difference a week makes. A week ago, I was saying, geez, I'd love to see Sean Johnson in this side. And now you go, has Sean Johnson played his last test? Because he has forced his way back in. Yeah, like, there'll that. be campaigns where, you know, he'll be able to slot back in and play some mm. games. But next this time next year, how do you go against these two as a starting and halves? And if all that? these hookers are available, like, has Foles and SJ played their last games? Yeah. Yeah. That, that's that's the difference. A lot of people go, oh, come on. They've had big wins before. I don't think this is like back in the day. We cannot go, oh, yeah, but we've got three immortals in our side. So yeah. it'll, be, it'll be okay. You know, we, we can't rely on that. When you look at these two squads side by side, you go, they're, they're relatively even. Like, there's not a huge standout or a, there's not a Cameron Smith or a Darren Lockyer or a Thurston or a Joe. You know what I mean? Like, it just isn't. Now, as you said... Maybe Cleary can be that guy, but on the rep stage, he, he hasn't yet. The other thing I love about this Kiwi side moving forward is that for the first time just about ever, they've got genuine fullbacks that can play fullback. Mm. They've got genuine 5'8", they've got genuine halfbacks. They're not, Nigel Vanganar is not playing 5'8". Yeah. Thomas Lulawai is not playing seven positions. Mm. They have got genuine competition in each and every position that are that actually play that position. They're not yeah. makeshift guys. They had to do it with the nines because they had an unbelievable amount of injuries. But once they're all fit, they've got so many great options in every position. Yep. An amazing win by the Kiwis. And it wasn't a fluke. It wasn't not like any excuses anyone wants to make. Just need to throw them straight out. This was an incredible performance by the Kiwis. An incredible performance by the Kiwis. And I, I've never been this concerned not in, I'm not concerned about Australia, like I know we'll bounce back, but I've never been more going forward. It looks like it's a 50-50 race. Like, whereas before, we, as I you know, said ad nauseum, but it was always like, yeah, all right, whatever. We're still the best in the world. It's like, are we? Are we? There's a question there. Are we? I, I honestly, I can't mm. for sure say we are. We only beat them by two points in the World Cup. Then obviously this happens, they beat us 30 nil. And then you look at the squad, you look at the ages, you look at the positional, you know, against each other. You go, you know, the gap is closed way more than it's ever been in my opinion. It's just another great example. And it's been timeless with the Kiwis that they build into campaigns, they build into campaigns. And this year's a prime example, mm. you know, relatively ordinary in the lead up games or certainly last week, they get a few games under their belt, the cohesion comes on, bang, peak for a final. Yep. I think as well you need to consider that, you know, like realistically, who don't the Kangaroos have that they would have picked that's playing for another nation? Mm. Compare it to the Kiwis, who have a lot of guys that have gone and played for other nations, which is fantastic for the game, but they've lost a lot of guys through that as well. It's uh, it's an ex- it's the most. I think this is the most exciting time that I've ever seen for the New Zealand side. I really do. I think they're in such a good spot right now. 
the depth they've got is amazing. I mean, Will Warbrick didn't even make the site. You know, like it, there's guys that they could have been in there that are guns. Um, yeah, incredible win. Massive congratulations to the Kiwis. Massive congratulations. Michael Maguire. Look, it's, it's a small sample size, but... Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. You know, we could be seeing the beginnings of one of the great redemption arcs as a coach. And we could also be looking back at that Tigers time going, okay, <laughs> the common denominator wasn't Michael Maguire. He wasn't the concern. Because there were clear tactical decisions that he made in these um, in the game against uh, Samoa and obviously this win here. I think he deserves a massive rap. I think he deserves a massive rap. To get the boys up for this kind of win... It, that the coach deserves praise when it obviously struggles, but also he deserves raps when they get it right, and he got it super right. For sure, and as you know, New South Wales fans, I'm sure Timmy will probably echo, fuck, I'm excited. Yeah. I think the biggest knock on Madge that I've heard from many people is that sometimes it's just too hectic with him. Mm. Maybe short camps like this is the mm. way to go. Yeah, maybe six weeks of Origin is where Madge can get you up and ready to go. This is the perfect thing for New Zealand, uh, for New South Wales, because now, okay, so before we kind of discussing when when Madge got selected, we were like, does he have the aura that a former legend has coming into camp? And we were all like, I, I don't. If we're being honest, I don't think he does. A win like this gives him that momentum and aura of like, this is a bloody good coach, and if you buy in, great things can happen. Whereas if he had to come in here and even gotten beaten or gotten beaten well by Australia, he kind of walks into New South Wales camp with that, can he coach, can he not? When he gets a record win against Australia with a lot of these guys that you know, are going to be playing Origin, New South Wales going, going, well, if you're smart as a New South Wales player, you go, if we buy in, maybe something special happens here. And so it's almost a perfect scenario for Michael Maguire to walk into camp. And I love to, you know, as we spoke about, you know, his effect on Fisher-Harris, Leota, these sort of guys. I love that we're going to get to Origin next year and Madge is going to have Payne Haas. Yeah. Yeah. Just that dog in him. A hurting Payne Haas. Yeah. And like, yeah, as you said, round one, he could come out and run 200 metres. Impressive. Mm. You want to see him do it. Finals, Origin time. Yeah. And it's just great for the Blues. Like, you know. Payne Haas has, has done that Finals Origin. No, but I'm saying now, he's hurting right now. Oh, yeah, yeah. yeah now sorry. you get to go, like, if he comes, I know he's going to brain it for the first yeah, 10 weeks. Yeah, yeah, so I, I and to be honest, I don't care because I know he's uh, that What good. you're saying basically is, is it's the big moments now. Perhaps. It's the big yeah, moments. And Madge is going to grab him and go, you know, I yeah. just came away from this camp with these boys. They're taking the piss out of you on yeah, social yeah, media. Yeah, they're yeah, fucking laughing at you. I see what you mean. This is your opportunity to stand up and go. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. It's going to be great. And that media hype going into Origin Game 1 next year and all of a sudden it's not new coach, you know, can Madge do it, what's it, and be question marks and everything. There's still going to be the, these question marks and some bit of negativity in the media, but all of a sudden it's he's coming off one of the great coaching performances at rep level. There's so much more excitement now. And I think it's going to instill a lot more belief that we can do this and Madge can be the man. Well, I mean, you can even just feel the vibe from, you know, everyone. I mean, you're all New South Welshmen here. Um, you're Dutch, aren't you? 
No? No, you're Dutch. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> I, I actually have Queensland. I'm not New South Wales. I, really? Yeah. Are you a Queenslander? Yep. yep. Where were you born? Well, Tasmania, actually. Oh, but you know what? You, you know I grew what up true. in Canberra, and there was a bit of a thing in Canberra with, when we were growing up there, of the like the bigger brother thing with New South Wales. A lot of people here do go for New South Wales there, but a lot of people that I in school with are Queensland fans as yeah, well. Yeah, because they get it. They get we it. We do. We grew up you know, in and around blokes like Tchaikovsky, Mog, you know, big Queensland legends. So we've all we all grew up with that. So that's that's why. So I'm a Queenslander. Are you fair income? Are you actually a Queenslander? Yes. Yeah, yeah. You wonder why I want to fight him in the undercard. <laughs> yeah, first first origin game I ever went to was the 06 decider. Oh, oh man, oh, flew really? me down. Went to the so I started the dynasty when basically. D, when D Lock. D Lock exactly. Freddie Hodgson had a moment he'd probably rather forget at the back there. Yeah. He yeah. grew up ten minutes from the New South Wales border yep. and about 10,000 k's from the Queensland border. <laughs> yeah, but you know what? He could look across that border and go, I don't want to be yeah. like them. I want to be like those exactly. fucking yeah, It's not unlike bit- Queensland to grab a New South Wales. Yeah, it's true. Shocked me. <laughs> it was a bit too close to my liking, 10 minutes yeah. away at the border. <laughs> yeah, oh, so yeah, I'm Queensland. Yeah. Oh, okay, okay. But like, I guess even you guys, you know, you're, you're in the game, you're analysing the game, but I guess there is a sense of like, oh, he can do it. He can do it. Whereas I feel like before it was, can he do it? Now it's, oh, shit, I think if we buy in, fucking he might be the man we need to get it done. Uh, so, yeah, I think rolling in with a perfect environment for Michael McGuire in New South Wales. And, look, how good to see, like, old school with the new school, like Billy Slater, the new school, Michael McGuire, the old school, like, oh, shit. It's not too – is it too early to talk about origin? No. Let's talk about – Predicted 13 for origin. <laughs> I was just about to say, I, I... Cam, you had a flight to catch in six hours. <laughs> I was going to do our 2030 team. So I just, I like, I'm fully expecting Madge just to pick 17. Dogs. Yeah. Absolute wrecks. Yeah. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Why don't more infant formula companies use organic, grass-fed whole milk instead of skim? Why don't more infant formula companies use the latest breast milk science? Why don't more infant formula companies run their own clinical trials? Why don't more infant formula companies use more of the proteins found in breast milk? Why don't more infant formula companies have their own factories instead of outsourcing their manufacturing? We wondered the same thing. So we made Byheart a better formula for formula. Learn more at byheart.com.